Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of IBC Topics. Today, our guest is Eugene Cho. Hey, Eugene. Hey, Gabe. How are you? Good, good. So, as we do with all our podcasts, we just want to start off with your testimony. Um, if you could just share with us how you came to faith, um, just a couple of people that have uh, impacted your walk, uh, how you met Joanne, your wife, and uh, also how you ended up at IBC. Sure, Gabe. So um, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, my family uh, and my home, I, I, you know, we're, we're kind of a multi-generational uh, Christian family, I guess. And it started with my uh, paternal grandparents who <clears throat> uh, became Christians, I think, when they were in Korea, like the they, they were in the northern part of Korea before the war. So, you oh, know, wow. they... Um, and they were attending church back then. And as uh, the, the communists in the kind of the late forties, early fifties started to make their way into that part of um, the Korean peninsula, they, they moved the family down, but by then they were already pretty well involved with the church. So um, again, just a multi-generational family uh, and Christianity has been a part of my family from the time I can remember. Uh, I grew up going to church um, my grandfather, my paternal grandfather, was a founding elder at one of the the larger Korean churches in Los Angeles. Oh, cool. And so, so yeah, we were really involved with church. My my parents were very involved. I I essentially grew up in the church, uh, but I didn't come to faith until I think it was in late junior high, uh, where I started to kind of understand uh, the truth of the gospel, and. <clears throat> It, my my testimony is one that it wasn't some sort of dramatic event or a clear date and time that that I felt that there was a conversion that took place, but I think it was more in the course of uh, a, a period of time. And like, like I said, I think it happened in in junior high when uh, the Lord convicted me of my sin. I started to understand the gospel message more clearly. Uh, I understood the need for Christ as my Savior, um, and it took some time, I think, from that point forward. You know, I think I had a basic understanding of the gospel uh, in, in in those junior high years. But as as I as I grew, as I advanced to to high school, and then um, at, as soon as I entered college, I think I really started to grow um, in my theological understanding of um, the gospel. Uh, you know, doctrine, theology, those kinds of things. And one of the things that uh, had a profound impact upon my understanding was, um, you know, and you asked who who's had an impact in my life. I uh, One of the Christian authors who's had an impact is John MacArthur. Mm. And early on um, in, I think it was late high school, early college, where I read uh, The Gospel According to Jesus. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And so... So that's where, you know, I really started to solidify um, my understanding that, um, you know, being a Christian wasn't just being a Christian by name or, you know, praying a prayer or, or, or something like that, but that it had to, um, there had to be evidence of uh, true belief, right? Evidence mm-hmm. of true faith. And so I think that book had an impact in terms of the whole concept of um, <clears throat> understanding Christ not only as Savior, but also as Lord. 
So that certainly had an impact. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's from that time forward where I think uh, the Lord has been gracious to uh, grow my faith, uh, to deepen my understanding of the truth of the gospel. I think that, um, you know, early on, so as I mentioned, I think I was influenced rather early by, you know, people like John MacArthur. Um, and I, as I think about how I came to IBC, um, you know, I was influenced by people who were also influenced by him. So I mm. started attending a church in college, uh, Valley Korean Community Church. I think <laughs> many of our IBC members are have heard about, or certainly uh, some of our founding members were members of that church at some point. And, um, you know, being involved in a ministry like VKCC or IBC, where uh, scripture is held to high regard mm. and, you know, expository preaching is held to high regard and things like doctrinal truth are held to high regard. Um, I think one of the things that, um, that's been true of my, my life as a Christian is balancing, you know, truth, balancing an understanding of doctrine with um, things like grace. And, and so I think for, for me, one of my struggles in the Christian life is not being uh, legalistic and mm-hmm. not being somebody who tries to earn my salvation or mm-hmm. earn, you know, good standing with the Lord or good standing with God. And uh, I, again, I, I want to be clear, I'm not suggesting that, you know, uh, being a, a, a Bible teaching church or being involved with a Bible teaching church um, is somehow wrong. I just think mm-hmm. that um, the tendency in in that situation, certainly for me, was to um, not really understand and balance uh, the gospel in my life. And so mm-hmm. that's that's been kind of an ongoing sort of struggle, if you would, that's been an ongoing challenge for me as a Christian to grow and to to understand. So, you know, another person who's had more of a recent impact in my walk has been uh, John Piper. Oh, nice. And, I, and, and again, it's not to contrast MacArthur and Piper or, you know, this author or that author. I just think that the things that he has had an impact on me is the whole notion of, uh, Christian hedonism, mm. which, you know, he's, he espouses in many of his books, you know, desiring God that, um, you know, that's when we most glorify God by, by desiring him. And uh, so that's really had an impact on me. It's, 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 I don't think it's a different gospel necessarily. I think it's just a little slightly different take on the gospel message, mm, but yeah. Um, you know, and I've been, you know, I've been really encouraged by listening to more of his sermons. So I appreciate his passion. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think he, he's not somebody that gets deep in doctrine or like a MacArthur, somebody that really, you know, exposits. But I find that his passion, his genuine passion for the Lord, his genuine passion to uh, exalt Christ, uh, his genuine passion in the way he preaches. Uh, is also very helpful for me. So, mm-hmm. so those have been, you know, and then of course, um, you know, our, our pastors have had an impact on me as well. I mean, I've known Nam over twenty years. Uh, he was, <clears throat> he was my pastor as a at, when I was single uh, in young adult ministry. So, uh, back at VKCC, 
shortly after I graduated um, college, you know, he, he was my pastor. Uh, I got to know many of the original IBC members uh, during that experience. And, you know, <clears throat> you know, Pastor Gary has had an impact in my life as well. Uh, coming to IBC and getting to know Gary and his family. So, yeah, those people have had an impact. So Joanne and I met at VKCC uh, in the young adult ministry, as I mentioned. Uh, we were attending there together, um, and we just got to know each other through different ministries there. Um, the young adult ministry was one. We were part of the same uh, community flock group, um, so we got to know each other that way. And I think it was um, in 1996 when we started dating. Or no, I'm sorry. I take that back. 96 is when we started to get to know each other. And then it was the end of 97 where we started dating. And so <clears throat> we dated and our courtship lasted for you know two or three years. Uh, we got married in November of 2000. So... Our 20th anniversary is coming up in, in, in a couple months. So we're excited about that. Uh, yeah, so we got to know each other through church. And uh, yeah, it was, um, you know, we've enjoyed marriage and we've enjoyed, you know, having a family together. And so and, and the Lord's been really faithful to to us in our relationship and in our family. So. And uh, how did you end up at IBC? So, as I mentioned, um, you know, I was I was a member of uh, you know VKCC, the the English ministry, back in the the mid to late nineties, when when Nam and many of the original IBC members were also attending that church. Uh, we were all part of the English ministry there. It wasn't an independent church. It was you know we were part of a, a Korean church there, but. Uh, kind of an independent leadership structure, if you would, for the English ministry. So um, so I guess my relationships with people at IBC started there. And I think people know that um, IBC started as kind of like a plant, if you would, or a group of um, people from the English ministry of VKCC went out and started IBC in the late 90s. Um, so I obviously was well aware of Nam and his ministry and other members of the church. Um, and we stayed with uh, VKCC, the English ministry, and over the course of the next two to three years, by about the turn of the, the millennium, the, you know, around the early 2000s, uh, the English ministry of VKCC went independent and became Hope Bible Church. And so Joanne and I stayed, and we were members of Hope Bible Church uh, through that early part all the way up to um, early 2008. Mm -hmm. So we decided to leave Hope um, sometime in 08 or 09. I want to say it was er late 08, early 09 was about the time that we left. And at that point, we decided to uh, look for another church home. And so we, we, we tried a few different churches, and we always knew about IBC. We, we still mm -hmm. had friends there. We were uh, well aware of the ministry, and in the back of our minds, we always knew that that would 
be a possibility. Mm. So after attending a couple of other churches, uh, and we tried some other churches for, you know, two to three months at a time, we decided to then come to IBC. And it was like the third church we tried after leaving Hope. And we decided, you know, it felt very much like home. By then we were already meeting at the, uh, you know, Seventh-day Adventist Church in Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. uh, And we started coming out in, I think it was August to September of 09 is when we started coming out and we shortly became members. And then, you know, fast forward to now so <laughs> so um you know after becoming a member of ibc i i think you know anyone that's been around the church uh for a long time know that you've been the worship leader at ibc for 10 years now and uh prior to that you were actually uh the worship leader at hbc too right if i'm not mistaken that's right mm. and so if you could just kind of give us some I guess kind of like the journey of how you uh, got involved in worship ministry and um, how did you even like eventually get into leading worship? Yeah. So I have to go back, uh, you know, to like when I was in high school (laughs) and um, so, so let me rewind. I, uh, I grew up um, with music, you know, something that uh, was sort of part of, my parents wanted me and my sisters to to learn instruments. Oh, that's cool. So I I grew up playing the violin, and um, I started at the age of six. And you know I was pretty serious about it. it you know I uh, took lessons, and I took lessons for eight years. So oh wow, I got fairly proficient at the violin. Um, stopped taking lessons at about age fourteen but kept playing, you know, different, different venues that, you know, was part of an orchestra and so forth. Oh, cool. And it was, yeah, it was right around that time when uh, I entered high school, I was part of the youth group at our church and some of the youth group leaders um, who were influential in my life at the time. uh, One was, you know, one of them led worship and, you know, was playing the guitar. And so as I kind of watched and got to know this leader better, I took an interest in guitar. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, basically, you know, like my sophomore year in high school, uh, when I was 16, I borrowed, I think, his guitar. <laughs> and I just, you know, taught myself uh, how to play chords. And I took a you know, he, he, he gave me a songbook that he had. I taught myself chords and then I started singing those worship songs in the songbook. And early on, I just was really into it. So, you know, I'd come home from school and play for a couple hours at a time every day. And I got pretty, you know, I got pretty comfortable with the guitar. And so then I started uh, at that point leading worship at, at our youth group. Oh, cool. So it started kind of back then. Um, and that's where I, you know, pl- started playing uh, guitar and taking it more seriously. Um, I, at some point, also learned the bass guitar. So I think that was like in college. I, I learned, I picked up the bass. So, you know, I, I've taught myself both the acoustic guitar and the bass guitar. And then as I entered college, uh, in some way or another leading worship or playing for worship 
was has been a part of what I do in the context of the church since that time. So in college, whether it was in, in the college ministry or um, like, you know, part of parachurch ministries and that sort of thing, leading worship for smaller groups and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, I would always have a guitar and uh, sing along and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was when we were again in the English ministry at VKCC, I don't recall the exact time, but uh, at a certain point uh, I started leading worship for the worship service of that English ministry Mm. Uh, in addition to, you know, college ministry and that kind of thing. So that's kind of when I started to lead worship on a more regular basis. And, and then, like you said, I mean, I've been leading for various churches. Uh, I, I led worship at hope. And then when I joined IBC, after becoming a member, I joined the worship team and, had the have had the privilege of you know leading our church in worship, so mm. that's kind of yeah, it's kind of the evolution. It's been a long time, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's twenty twenty plus years, right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, Aww. just about probably closer to thirty, but yeah, Ooh, man. So, so I I mean that just leads to the next question, I guess. I mean, I could imagine just um, you know, leading worship, just the ups and downs even of, you know, doing worship ministry. If you could just share with us just like some of the lessons over the many, many years that you've been leading, just uh, things that you've learned uh, about worship. Yeah, so I think it's important, um, you know, as I mentioned in my testimony, uh, there's there's a consistent theme of, you know, in my testimony, even at an early age, uh, Thankfully, by God's grace, you know, I was plugged into very solid ministries in terms of uh, the, the place of Scripture in, in these mm. ministries, uh, the importance of the Bible and teaching the Bible correctly and things like doctrine and theology. And I would never take that away and, you know, obviously would encourage any believer to always be really in tune with the Scripture. Mm-hmm. That said, I think... What I've one of the things that I've learned over the years in being involved with those ministries is a uh, intentional uh, focus on making sure that you know the worship service and the the style of worship, the mode of worship is all appropriate. And mm-hmm. I would suggest even I think I'm not saying anything that nobody already doesn't understand that at a place like IBC we're we're very clear about things like, you know, sign gifts and, and the whole charismatic, mm, mm-hmm. you know, perspective. And when it comes to worship ministry, obviously, you know, charismatic uh, theology and charis- minist- worship ministries that, you know, are a little looser on things like sign gifts or even mm-hmm. have a different perspective on things like tongues and prophecy. Uh, they have a prominent place in, you know, modern worship and mm-hmm. they they obviously are have a prominent place in uh, the development of um, modern worship music and songs and so forth. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I think I've learned is that absolutely uh, we must worship um, truthfully Mm. that uh, there's, there's for sure 
it's very important that uh, our worship be truthful and be based on, you know, solid doctrine, right? So mm -hmm. the words we sing, the lyrical content absolutely has to be sound. On the other hand, I think the, the tendency of a ministry or a church like IBC or ones that really stand for the, the truth is to sort of miss that um, there's, there's, an ash, there's, a, there's a heart element to worship. And so <laughs> yeah. what I mean by that is I believe it's, it's okay to express emotion in worship. Mm -hmm. It's okay if someone is moved to, you know, close their eyes or raise their hands or even, you know, shed tears mm -hmm. because of, you know, the amazing truth of the gospel that's mm -hmm. expressed in a, in a song, right? Mm -hmm. That's expressed in a beautiful uh, melody, uh, you know, a profound lyric. And so, and sometimes I think that a, a, a church like IBC, a church like ours, where there's a real focus on truth, um, I, I wonder sometimes if maybe, you know, uh, the members of our church feel a little constrained about things like that. Mm, interesting. Uh -huh. So that's one of the things that I think, and I, and I leave with that to say, you know, I mean, you know, John chapter four, verse 23, you know, Jesus says, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such people to worship him. Right. And sometimes I wonder if, you know, and, and then in verse 24, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Mm. And, you know, we have the truth down, right? I mean, <laughs> no, no problem with that, but uh, clearly it's, it's a, it's a balance. There's a duality to worship where uh, it, it must be done in the spirit. And mm -hmm. so I think that it speaks to kind of uh, definitely worshiping with all of our heart mm -hmm. and all the, you know, the emotions and the affections and the expressions that come with that, as well as with our minds, right. And engaging our minds in the truth and, and the combination of that is uh, the worship that truly pleases the Lord, the Lord. So you know, that, that's one of the things that I've learned. Um, you know, Gabe, another thing that I've learned recently, and this is very recent, is, um, you know, one of the things that we strive for as, as worship leaders is uh, there's a lot that we have to prepare for worship. You know, there's um, musical arrangements. There's making sure that um, if, if we're going to sing a harmony, that it's in tune. <laughs> And that it doesn't cause, you know, uh, any kind of, uh, you know, vocal dissonance. Uh, there's introductions where the, the band maybe or the instruments have to be in sync. There's, you know, just practicing and, um, you know, just song selections, another one that, that goes into the preparation one of the things that I've recently learned and that, that, that I think the Lord has impressed on my heart is uh, the importance of the lyrics as we display them, uh, you know, on the screen. And what I mean by that is, you know, the accuracy of the lyrics. Mm. Uh, I've been trying to emphasize with the team that the person who advances the slides plays a very important role. Mm. And, and I think that, um, We've had our share at IBC of 
of challenges, whether it's a a slide that has a you know a typo, right, a mm-hmm. misspelled word, or uh, slides that don't advance properly. Mm-hmm. So someone maybe is distracted at the computer and doesn't advance the slide properly. And the thing that the Lord has kind of impressed upon my heart is maybe the slides and the lyrics are one of the more important elements. You know, as musicians, we tend to focus on the music. Yeah. You know, we got to make sure that the, the intro and the drummer and the bassist and the guitarist are all together and, mm-hmm. you know, we're crescendoing at the right time and, you know, the, the chorus, uh, the vocals, like I said, the harmonies are all together. And, and then it occurred to me that, um, you know, when you, when you project a slide that has uh, a misspelled word or a typo to the congregation, that's probably way more distracting than, you know, yeah, that is uh, so true. A chord that's off, or yeah, yeah. they, I, I, you know, I think most people aren't going to even discern that the band may be a little off. Yeah, yeah. But anybody that can read a slide is going to know that okay, you misspelled that word, and yeah. so that's another thing that I've been focusing in on is hey, let's make sure that we put as much emphasis mm. in the the slides and the lyrics maybe more emphasis on that because that's really, yeah, the, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. most of the congregation is going to connect into the worship through that avenue. So, so those are some of the things, you know, that I've been learning. But. Mm. So as a church, what do you think are some of the practical things that we can do to worship better? Um, and then if there's any things that you think that we should as a church, avoid? It's a great question, Gabe. One thing I want to say before I kind of get into, you know, what we can do practically as a church is, um, I truly believe that music is a creation of God. Like, I, and what I mean by that is, in the same way that, um, you know, and, and Nam has made this um, illustration, I think, when he he's talked about um, teaching his kids when they were younger and they would, they would, you know, if you recall, they would be driving around and they would be talking about what, it, what God made, you know, God made the sun, oh, yeah, God yeah. made the mm-hmm. tree. One of them said, Oh, God made that car. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, Nam would correct the, you know, his, his, his children to say, well, you know, God didn't make the car, but he certainly made the the man with, uh, you know, the mental capacity and the, you know, the utility and, and all the, the creativity to uh, develop a, a car. And in the same way that that illustration, while, you know, God, I don't, you know, the scripture doesn't say God created music on the, the eighth day or something, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like that. But he certainly created man with uh, the intellectual capability and the, the artistic creativity to develop music. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I believe that it's firmly, you know, creation of God is when you when you listen to a musical piece, any musical piece, right? A, a classical symphony, you know, your favorite pop song, <laughs> can be anything, right? Uh, the the way that the the music 
comes together. Uh, you know, that the tones and the the melody with the harmony, the instruments, right? I think of a like a, a symphony, an orchestral symphony, you're talking about literally, you know, all those instruments, the ability to bring them together in such an orderly fashion to yeah. create this amazing sounding sort of piece. Um, who else but from the mind of God, right? Could yeah. could that have, you know, really originated, right? And and I believe that the Lord uses music and you know, we un- we understand it through the Psalms. Uh, clearly, you know, we're commanded in the Psalms to sing songs, to utilize musical instruments, to praise the Lord, to exalt uh, God mm-hmm. with music. And I think there's an element of that. I, I mentioned that earlier. You know, worshiping in the worshiping in spirit and in truth. Uh, for me, at least, there's nothing like. Uh, a, a beautifully created melody with the music combined and a, a profound or scriptural lyric, yeah. all of that sort of coming together and how that can draw the heart of the believer to worship. Mm. Right. And I, I believe that the Lord created all that because there's a, there's something about the emotions that music can conjure, whether it's joy, whether it's grief, whether it's, you know, awe, awe awe-inspiring worship of our God. Uh, There's something about music that's so unique to be able to draw that out. And I think the Lord obviously created all of that and he orchestrated it, no pun intended, you know, to be used in the church you know, mm-hmm. as a as a as a key element of the worship service, right? So, um, one of the encouragements I would make to our congregation, or you know, uh, a practical encouragement is, uh, I would encourage all of our church members when we're worshiping together uh, in a corporate setting. I would encourage everyone to not inhibit yourself in terms of expression. And again, it's, you know, there's, there's reasonable, I don't think any of our church members are going to go off the deep end and, (laughs) you know, create a distraction. I don't Mm -hmm. mean, you know, like if you're truly charismatic or you, you know, believe in tongues, just break out in tongues. No, what I mean is uh, within, you know, a reasonable, uh, Mm -hmm. within the reason of our worship, I mean, express yourself. You know, and express yourself to the Lord, express yourself to the glory of the Lord, right? And that comes with, uh, you know, sing louder, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. some people say, well, you know, I'm not the greatest singer. Like, I don't have a great voice or, you know, maybe I'm tone deaf. And I really just encourage our, our congregation to sing, you know, to sing mm-hmm. with passion, to sing <laughs> Sing yeah. to the Lord, you know. Uh, if you're, you know, if we're singing a song about uh, the cross and the gospel and the Lord impresses upon your heart or the Spirit impresses upon you just a profound uh, great gratitude or profound humility that, you know, He has saved uh, sinners like us or a sinner like me, 
and you feel compelled to raise your hands, then do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. you feel compelled to kneel right there, you know, uh, do that. Because again, I think that uh, I want to just encourage our church to really, um, you know, again, within reason, but to feel uh, the ability to express worship. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, uh, you know, I would encourage uh, our church to listen to worship music, you know, if you don't already do so. It's, it's so much easier nowadays, right? You just <laughs> jump onto Spotify or Pandora or YouTube music and you just, you know, type in worship music and you know, you can get hours and hours of listening. So, uh, you know, that's another practical encouragement is just to, to listen to worship music. I think, I think time in has created a, a playlist on Spotify, mm-hmm. you know, for our church. And so others have done that, you know, I encourage, uh, especially our families to teach your kids, uh, hymns, oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, the church has hymnals, you know, if, if you, if you borrow one of those, Take it home with you. Uh, I'm sure it's fine. Uh, but the hymns that we sing uh, are rich with uh, incredible theology. You know, yeah. I would say that, uh, you know, I, I like to try to have a combination of both modern worship music, but I would never want to see our church uh, completely, uh, you know, eliminate hymns. Because I think that uh, the hymns of old, the classic hymns that we sing, uh, some of those hymns are unmatched in in the in their lyrical content. Yeah. Uh, many of those hymns were written with the idea that they are doctrinal treatises or you know uh, the- theological statements. So when you read the lyrics of some of these hymns, they're so profound because not only were they written with the intent of expressing worship and singing? They were written with the intent of teaching churches and teaching Christians mm-hmm. about theology. And so there's there in, in many ways they're unmatched in terms of the, their lyrical content. Now I, I know that the music of the hymns is where I think some people maybe struggle or, you know, if you haven't grown up in the church, um, People that have grown up in the church, there's kind of a familiarity with hymns and the, the melodies and so forth. So maybe there's a, a little bit more ease with singing those. But if you're a newer believer, somebody that hasn't grown up in the church, maybe doesn't have that classic tradition, I ha- highly encourage uh, our, our church family to get in tune with the hymns of old. You know, mm. uh, they're they're excellent in that way. So, hmm. So, um, you know, I, I know there are always several people when they become new uh, members, there's always, you know, a couple that are interested in joining worship, uh, the worship team. Um, and so uh, for them, is there any um, process that they should know about and like, you know, who should they approach? How should they approach it? What to expect, I guess? And um, yeah, what their responsibilities are, um, kind of like that. Yeah, so right now, uh, Taiman Wong is our uh, deacon of um, worship ministry, uh, music ministry. Uh, 
I had that uh, appointment or that role for the last six years and 2020 is sort of my sabbatical year for that. So Timon is um, taking that on. So the first thing is if uh, a new member of the church is interested in joining the worship ministry is to speak with Timon mm. and um, speak with, uh, you know, the other person to keep in mind is uh, George Park is our elder. Mm. Uh, and George has been, over the last you know six months or so, taking on a more prominent role within the worship ministry, really just shepherding mm. uh, the members of the team and 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 the worship leaders in particular. But George is also somebody to speak to about joining worship ministry. Uh, <clears throat> there is a, a process to so so there's so there's different roles within the worship ministry. Uh, <clears throat> you know there's there's more the, the the roles of being part of the worship team. So either somebody that plays an instrument uh, or sings or does both. Uh, you know, we, we have vocalists, singers. Uh, you know, I, I think people know that, you know, we're, we have people who play the guitar, the bass, the keyboards, the piano, the drums, <clears throat> or some kind of percussion. So there's a variety of opportunities with the team uh, and, and again, including singing. And then there's, uh, there's a, a lot of opportunities in more of the behind the scenes roles. So uh, there's a whole team that runs the audio and visual effects that, you know, the media, the, the multimedia type stuff. So, uh, and then with COVID that's taken on uh, mm. an, an even <laughs> More complicated uh, part where we live stream worship services, and so there's a whole set of equipment with cameras and you know other things that you're aware of, Gabe. But you know there's a whole host of newer technology and equipment that's uh, pretty involved with that. So there's a whole team kind of behind the scenes making sure that everything's running well, and that that we would consider as part of the worship ministry. So it really depends on where people want to contribute. You know, if you want to be more of the behind the scenes, then uh, there's a, there's a training process where uh, somebody with that kind of a position will train with a more experienced team member. But if you're interested in uh, joining the worship team as a singer, as a, as a musician, then we do have a process where we audition people. Mm. And the reason for that is, you know, I, I do believe that, you know, as with anything, I think the Lord calls us to be excellent, mm -hmm. you know? So in the same way that our pastors, when they prepare a sermon, they put in hours of study and preparation mm. and they make sure you know, that they're ready and they're, that the, the, the sermon that they preach is, is one that's, you know, backed with many hours of preparation so that it can be excellent, right? I mean, that's what the Lord deserves. I think that's what the Lord calls for in worship. And in the same way, we want to uphold a standard of excellence in the music of mm -hmm. the worship uh, or the, the service. And so one of the ways we do that is we make sure and we audition people. So if they're interested in singing, we have to make sure that mm -hmm. they can sing in tune. 
They can hold a melody. You know, they don't have to be the next, um, who is it? You know, name the... <laughs> I guess it would have been Mariah. But... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, Mariah. Or they don't have to be good enough to, you know, sing in, in Hamilton uh, on Broadway. <laughs> but, you know, they have to be good enough so that they can enhance the quality of the worship. And definitely that they're, they don't, they're not a distraction, mm. right? Because, you know, somebody that sings off key can become a, you know, can be a distraction, unfortunately. And, and the same with, uh, you know, the musician, you know, Gabe, I mean, you're a drummer and you know, like, uh, let's take drums. Somebody that is, is not able to keep a steady beat while playing the drums, that becomes a distraction mm -hmm. to the worship. So, so we audition people, and then obviously there's preparation involved uh, every before every Sunday worship service, so that you know we make sure that we're tight. We make sure that we're able to deliver, you know, and play uh, music that's uh, you know that's not a distraction, but is rather you know uh, enhances the worship and and mm -hmm. one that you know that where we could say you know there's excellence in that. So. Mm. So, uh, lastly, um, if we always end with just last words of encouragement, um, it could be anything. It, it doesn't even necessarily have to do with uh, today's subject, which is worship. But um, anything that um, you could just encourage um, IBC. You've already said so much, but you know, if there's anything additionally that you'd like to add. Yeah, you know, I just would uh, emphasize just a couple of points that I've already sort of made. Um, you know, I, I do encourage our church to... Uh, listen to, to worship music uh, or Christian music, you know, uh, contemporary Christian music, or it could be a combination of things, right? Again, I, I mentioned hymns. Some of my favorite music is, you know, uh, piano music, uh, hymns that are played on the piano, right? Mm, and that, mm -hmm. you know, I can think of the melodies and sing along, for instance. Uh, and so, um, so I just encourage our congregation to to listen to music, uh, worship music, to 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 be in tune with uh, what we're singing at church and so forth. And again, the things that I expressed when we're when we're gathered together, that everyone would really bring uh, their all to the worship service. That mm -hmm. that we would all worship the Lord and love the Lord. Um, with all of our hearts, you know, with all of our might, with all of our minds, you know, with, with all of our strength, you know, the great Shema. And, uh, and, and that means that, you know, when, when, when we're singing and we're worshiping together, again, I encourage people, you know, don't be afraid to express yourself again mm -hmm. within reason, but, you know, by all means, sing out to the Lord, uh, you know, shout joyfully to the Lord. That's not, you know, mumbling, the lyrics that's really singing out and expressing ourselves uh, to the praise and glory of God. So that's my encouragement. Mm. Oh, Eugene, thank you so much for doing this. I know how crazy busy you are, even running a hospital in this crazy pandemic time. But thank you so much for making the time doing this for us. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Gabe. Thanks. Mm. Well, that's it for today. Uh, thank you guys so much. Um, until the next one. Catch you guys later. Bye.